everyone. So today we're going to be doing a lot of clearing. So what's interesting is this is the first time ever that I'm recording this podcast while drinking a cup of coffee and not brushing my teeth. I have this thing that I can't do readings. I can't do Zoom calls. I can't do Q and A's without brushing my teeth. I have been like this ever since I've started readings. I have to have a clean mouth and I have no idea why. So these are like one of those weird things that happened with me. And uh, I'm like, you know what? This is the clearing episode. We're going to talk about space clearing. We're going to talk about clearing our thoughts. We're going to talk about clearing the cards. And then I can start out with, at the end, cleaning my teeth. I don't know. But it was too good of a cup of coffee for me to give up. And I wasn't going to wait until I finished it to record this because I have a tennis game. So this is Marilyn Alori, and welcome to Who Can It Be Now, the podcast. And we're going to talk about a lot of great tools and techniques to one, clearing your thoughts, two, clearing your space, and three, I was going to say cleaning your teeth, but I'm not doing that. Um, what was the third thing? Clearing the tarot deck. Let's hope I don't forget. So once again, I'm like going at the seat of my pants, running around like a lunatic, and I really have to stop doing that. I have to. Um, part of it is that I did put a tennis game a little bit too early today. So uh, lesson learned, but I work for myself and I'm allowed to do that. And I'm like, it's okay. Um, so just trying to fit everything in. But there was something, oh, I know what I wanted to tell you. So before we move on, uh, we are doing a new SAS experience. And the SAS experience is a week-long live experience with me. But if you join now, if you're listening to this on Thursday, March 10th, 2021, um, you're going to get, I'm doing a readings call. We're going to do some coaching calls. And the actual event starts on March 18th. And people have life-changing experiences doing this program. So it's joinsass.com, joinsass.com. Check it out. Come join us. I'd love to have you. And if you're listening to this after we do it, don't worry. There'll be something on that page to excite, titillize, invite, I don't know, make you feel good. So there you go. Okay. So let's talk about, I still want to drink my coffee. Let's talk about uh, clearing our thoughts and why this is important. And then we're going to go into clearing space. And then, like I said, I'm going to tell you a little bit about clearing tower. Because what happened is I didn't do that last week. I was uh, Ricky, who I couldn't remember his name last week because I'm awful with friggin' names, messaged me and he said, can I ask you a question? And when he, the way he like the way it came through on Facebook, I was like, what's he going to ask me? This is kind of weird. And I said, sure. Ask me. I figured maybe he was going to ask me to talk to his dead relative or, you know, something like that. The way he was posing the question. And he's like, what do you do with the mic? And I'm like, oh, why? <laughs> and he's like, there's a sound there. Like, where is the mic? Where is it positioned? And I was like, oh, you know, I must be talking with my hands because I'm Italian and um, hitting the mic. So I'm going to really try not to hit the mic. So I listened to last week's episode because I haven't been listening to them. And I got to tell you, I got a little bored by the end. So hopefully I didn't bore you guys with the readings, but I was like, oh, I'm a little bored. then. <laughs> turned off my own podcast. I was like, I'm done. So uh, Ricky, I'm not going to move my hands. And Ricky did not need me to speak to dead relatives because he can do it himself, apparently, which was really cool to learn about him. Um, they helped me with the audio, him and Lynn, and uh, helped me produce the podcast. And I am going to teach you how to clear tarot cards at the very end of this. So what's the first thing I want to talk about is clearing thoughts because, and I'm going to take a sip of my coffee. 
in real time. You know what? You can go get a cup of coffee too and um, take a sip of your coffee. Oh, it's so good. I put cinnamon in the almond milk and I have a frother and I frothed it and it's oh, so good. Okay, I'll try not to do that, but it's really good. Um, I have been getting interviewed on my SAS technique, which is uh, the pillar system that I teach in SoulFinder Academy, but we do the SAS experience so people could experience it and they get to experience it, it in such an incredible way. And then it's something I go deeper and dive deeper in when people want to join SoulFinder Academy. So the first S in SAS is subconscious thinking. And um, the, the A is alignment with your soul, remembering who you are. The third the third letter, the S, is soul ignition. It's when we light everything up and we light your soul on fire. We turn on the lights again. And then the last S is synchronicity. The universe now knows what you want. And you also rec- recognize the signs and the symbols that the universe gave you. So maybe I'll go through each one um, each week if I remember it. But anyway, so the first S is subconscious thinking. And I've been getting, I've been, I was interviewed by four or five tele uh, summits last week on this SAS pillar system. And the subconscious thinking part is where most people struggle. And the questions that I got from the communities that I was invited into, I thought were really great questions. And I wanted to address a couple of things with all of you today, because I know that some of you are spiritual entrepreneurs and you're starting a business and you may be struggling with the subconscious thinking part. And one of the questions that came up from somebody was about knowing what to charge for your services or people constantly asking you for your services for free. And that's a subconscious thinking um belief system that you have, a kind of subconscious belief system that you have that is derailing you. And you need to get very clear about it. So one thing I've always been able to do is value my services. And I've I've known that I've been doing that since I was little. I think because like I started out 13 years old folding laundry in the laundromat back in, I don't know, 1980. And um I was getting $4 an hour off the books, which is an insane amount of money for a 13-year-old kid, especially at that time. And I think I've always just valued my myself after that. Like I went for a job, other jobs. And when I was a bus, a busser or a waitress, or I knew where the good restaurants were and what to make. And then I just was always able to ask for what I felt I was worth. And when I came into this business um, that I'm doing today, it, it just automatically came to me. And I'm going to teach you guys a trick that I do when I raise my prices that I think will be really beneficial for you. But before I do that, so I would just, you know, charge my price. At first, I gave them for free, readings for free, because I was practicing. I got to put the coffee away because it's going to distract me. And... Um, and then after that, people started giving me money and I was like, oh, it's time to uh, charge. And I started charging for it. And then I would just automatically know when I needed to raise the price and I would just raise it. And it's part of the way that I raise the prices for myself is I would say I was making um, 150 for a reading and I wanted to go up to 250. I would go around for about a month and say to myself, no matter where I was, washing dishes, hiking, walking the dogs, oh my goodness, people are paying me $3.50 an hour for a reading. Wow, I'm getting paid $3.50 an hour for reading. This is incredible, $3.50 an hour for a reading. I'm a lot more than that these days. But anyway, so by the time I would raise it to $2.50, it was already in my vibration. It was already in my field. It was a no-brainer. So I would raise my price and none of my clients would um, have a problem with it. Nobody would have an issue with it. It would never hit a wall. It would just be like the sales would keep coming. So I offer that up to you for anybody who is thinking about um, 
charging for their services or thinking about raising their prices, it was really very beneficial for me because it helped me align to the price, right? And I always went a little bit higher than what I was going to offer. Um, start, you know, go up to, and then I was aligned with the price. Now, this woman asked a really great question. I wish I could remember her name because I'm sure she wouldn't mind me saying it. She was lovely. And she was talking about, you could just tell, you know, she was gifted and had all these beautiful gifts, which so many people do. And she said that a lot of people kept asking her for their, for her services for free. And you could tell it, it annoyed her and it should, right? Um, so here's the thing. One, she is not holding the worth of her gifts. So she needs to hold it in a higher value, higher esteem. Now, I didn't think she doubted her gifts. That's not what I'm saying. But some people have um, these belief systems that if you are you have these gifts, you're supposed to give them away for free because it, I used to hear, you know, that's what Jesus did. I don't hear this stuff anymore. But when I used to get comments like that, Like I wanted to reach through the computer and like strangle people. I'd be like, they'd be like, well, Jesus didn't charge. I'm like, excuse me, we're in the, you know, we're in 2020, we're in 2019. Where are you living? If Jesus was alive today, I imagine he'd be a multi-billionaire tithing probably 90% of his money. And then somebody said to me, Jesus wouldn't need it. He's a miracle worker. He would turn one loaf of bread into 40. So he'd be able to take care of himself. I'm like, these people, like this, these conversations, this antiquated view, go to someone else. And it used to annoy me. And now I'm like, well, I'm a little annoyed still, as I tell. But really, I'm not. I don't get these questions anymore because I don't care. These are my prices. That's it. See you later. If, if you're not interested, go to someone else. Sometimes when people would come to me and say, you know, I really want to work with you. I get this with coaching clients and stuff. Depends. I'll only take people that I know really well. But sometimes I'm like, you know what? Go to so-and-so because they don't charge as much as I do. And you're going to get what you need from that particular person. Now, I I do feel that I'm really, really good at what I do. So I stand behind what I charge. But I also know sometimes people don't need maybe what I have to offer. And they can get it from another gifted person. I'm not saying that I'm better or anything like that. So that's not what we're saying. We just have different needs and different ways of sharing and different things like that. So if you find yourself struggling and people are asking you for things for free, you have to look within yourself and you have to start shifting the subconscious thinking that's going on inside of you. I find a lot of people um, really struggle with poverty consciousness, scarcity consciousness, fear consciousness, lack consciousness. And I used to be the same way. So I get it. I get it, but I refuse to do it any longer. And when I gave it up, I gave up fear consciousness and scarcity consciousness. Everything shifted for me. Now you have to be diligent about it. That's why when I teach in SAS, um, in SFA, especially the subconscious thinking part, we do tools and techniques that teach people how to become conscious of the thought system that has been derailing them. Because many times people are acting and making choices and decisions, and they're not even aware of the unconscious belief systems that are ruling the ship, that are driving the car. I keep saying, get yourself in the driver's seat, not your unconscious thoughts that were passed down by ancestors or grandparents or whoever the heck told you a story that does not apply to your life today. So you want to get into the driver's seat. You want to get conscious to your thoughts. You want to clear out these belief systems that are not allowing you to move forward. And you want to start writing new belief systems. And I just want to take the financial aspect for 
because that's a place where so many people struggle. And I know that struggle, so I can, I understand it. But like I said, I've given it up. So you want to really ask yourself, what is my relationship with money? What is my relationship with investing in myself? Do I feel like I value myself? Think about it. You would not, you pay for things for yourself, right? So why shouldn't somebody pay for your services? And besides the fact, here's my thought about this whole thing. If you don't want to pay for my services, fine, go someplace else. It's not my business. It's not my story. It has nothing to do with me. I'm going to focus on the people that want to invest in my work and I'm invested in them. And the people that don't, that's fine. That's okay. But don't like, like I said, I don't get these emails anymore, but I think the last message I got from somebody was like a year and a half or two years ago. I can't even remember how long ago it was. And I wish I could remember the conversation because it really triggered me and pissed me off. And I blocked her. I was like, get out of my frigging face. And that was the last time I had that conversation. I was like, I'm not going down this rabbit hole with these people. And I just address when I'm working, and this is what I suggest for you too, if you're looking to be of of service and you're going into a service industry of coaching, readings, whatever you're doing, I talk to the people that I know uh, recognize the worth and what I have to do and they want to learn and they want to shift and they want to expand and they want to grow and they want to really catapult and align with their guides and align with their soul. Those are the people I focus on. Those are the people I talk to. And then because of that, I attract more and more of those types of people that are co-creating and wanting to work with me and we're having this incredible experience together. Oh, I think I hit the desk. That's what it is, Ricky. I have to stop hitting the desk. So um, I want to talk more about this, and I'd love to hear your thoughts about it. So uh, let me know at care, and I keep giving the wrong friggin' email, info at whocanitbenowpodcast.com, and I can address more about this and teach you some moments, because we had another conversation on another telesummit that I was on, and it was just interesting because it came up again, and it's just something that I have to ask all of you to really start acknowledging your worth. This is the way it was for me. Like when people would say, people I wouldn't even know, never even met them. They may send me a message and uh, say, sometimes we get this sometimes in Facebook Messenger. You know, is my boyfriend coming back to me? Can you tell me? I'm like, what am I? A dime store psychic? Who the fuck are you? Why are you emailing me? I get a little Brooklyn. I do. I have to say. And I'm like, I don't even know you. You're not even in my communities. You're not even like one of my members, a membership for your soul or one of my soul, which they would never do that because they know there's guidelines and boundaries and they respect how I set up my business and they respect when I do readings in the program and when I don't. So it's like, it's the people you don't even know. And then it's the people that I do know that I'm like, you're incredible. You really like there are a couple of people have come into my programs and, you know, they've really have just been incredible. And, and it's, it, it financially, they were able to do it once and maybe they weren't able to do it again. And we like to help people out. I'm not going to say too much because we get hit up sometimes with, um, things like that, but I'm not going to say anything, but if I know you and I know your work and there's something that I can do, I do. Um, and I've had that with people who came for readings for me too. Like they would come in and I remember one woman and she was like, she was on welfare and bought a reading for me. And I was, I was gobsmacked. I was like, don't do that. 
And because I felt that she could use the work and she got a lot out of the reading, I gave her a free reading, a follow-up reading. Some people I'd be like, oh no, you, you just cannot do that. Like it depended on the person, but I would normally give them the reading and then say here, you know, please go take this and take care of yourself. So you can set up your business that way. Like there's certain people you gift things to. And then there's other people, you know, in the masses, no, usually most people can afford it. This is what I found. So early on in my readings, I didn't know I was going to go on this train, but I'm going on it. Uh, I remember I was doing readings for free because I was giving people, you know, I was learning. And then, like I said, I was charging and I was only charging like, I think $50 or $75 when I first started out. And I remember this one woman, she was like, I don't have the money. I can't afford it. I can't pay you. And she was like somebody who I uh, was coming to me for a while, but for free. And then I was starting to charge and she was getting a lot out of it. And she came in and I did a reading for her. And all of a sudden, like spirit helped me know all about her financials. And I'm like, you have a 401k and a pension plan and you own a home. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, and you can't pay me 50 bucks. Who's like, just barely scraping by these days. And that's when I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I am not doing this. So I find like the people that usually ask, (laughs) these are the people that crack me up. They're sitting on a mound of friggin' savings, tons more money than me, tons of money. And they're trying to get everything for free. Those people have scarcity consciousness. They have lack consciousness. They have fear consciousness. Those aren't the people you necessarily want to attract. Now, I'm not going to tell you how to spend your money. I don't care how you spend your money. If you want to sit on a mound of savings, good for you. That's great. But don't be barking up my tree for something for free. When I don't even know you and I've never seen you invest in anything, you could feel these people out. Like you you just know them. So you have to have, it's not about fixing them which is what I think I did in the beginning. I was trying to like say, wait a second, you need, and I'm like, I'm done with this. I'm just fixing myself. And when you fix yourself, all of that for me went away. So you just that, you maybe I don't even notice it. That's the synchronicity part that I teach, right? Because spirit universe doesn't need to bring it in because well, it's not my lesson. Now, here's what I am going to say. So So you have to come from solution-based thinking, abundant-based thinking. Even if you're struggling financially, you really, scaring, being scared of debt, being anxious about debt, being fearful. I remember I was so scared when I was switching out of the one-on-one model into membership for your soul. And it was waking me up every single night. And I was like, you just have to give that up. You have to just focus on solution. And everything worked out. You want to keep doing that. You don't want to be so frightened that you can't even move. Personally, I invest in myself, always have, between therapist and group therapy and dream class and acting classes, whatever I had to do to get myself better, I invested in myself. So when somebody tells me, I just hired a writing coach I'm going to start working with to work on the next podcast, and he told me his rate and everything, and he was he's you could tell he's really well-versed. Hopefully, I like him. I'll let you know if I end up liking him or not. And um, he was like, you know, sometimes if people can't afford it, I don't go there because I'm like, he's worth it. He's worth it. He knows his prices. I can already tell by talking to him he's worth it. I'm not going to sit here and negotiate a price with him. I'm going to pay him what he's worth because I want people to do the same for me. When you do that with others too, you pay them what they're worth. People start paying you with your worth. Like my my coach that I'm with now, who's 
I never thought I would afford a coach like this. And now I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm doing that. And the more you do it, the more it opens up the doors for other things as well. So this is belief system, subconscious thinking around scarcity, lack, fear. I'm going to tell you a story real quick. But before I do that, so I remember the first time I ever spoke to him and he gave me his rate. And it was something I've, I've never paid that much. The first time I worked with him, I'm working with him now even at a higher level. And he was like, you know, if you have to, we can work things out and stuff like that. And I got off that call and I was like, no, I'm paying him this because I want to show the universe that I'm ready. And it was a great investment. I really like my coach. Adam Arbansky is my coach. He's a great guy. So I, um, that's my business coach. So that's what I want to share with you. I wanted to tell you a story. Hold on. I needed a big sip of coffee to remember it, but I didn't do it in real time. I paused. So this is what my guides did to me. I was hitting a little bit of anxiety. I think it was like a year and a half, two years ago around money. And they said to me, um, you would never do cocaine again, right? My guide said to me, and they know this. And I was like, I would, you could put a mound of cocaine in front of me. I would not even go near it. It would not, it, there, would, there wouldn't even be a thought in my mind. Like, I'm not going near it. And they said, the way you gave up cocaine is the way you need to give up fear around money. It's that easy. You just make a decision and you never do it again. And they were right. So whatever belief system you need to clear out and stop subscribing to, do it like I gave up cocaine, like I gave up fear around anxiety, fear around money, or whenever you've given up, um, street fighting. Yes, I used to be a little barroom brawler back in Brooklyn. You know, you're not going to see me doing that now. Those things you gave up, you can do it around scarcity, lack, fear, consciousness. So the first part is clearing your thoughts. And that's where I want you guys to clear your thoughts. So hopefully this is resonating with you. Um, second thing, clearing space. So I'm going to give you a couple of tools for clearing space. And I don't know if I've ever shared this before, but hey, I'm going to repeat myself at times. Even though we transcribed the podcast, um, I'm not yet at the place where I'm organized enough to go through them and be like, oh yeah, I already told that story, but who cares, right? Because people learn, my, my dog trainer, he repeats the same stories over and over again. And I learn something new every time he tells me another story, uh, the same story. And I'm like, oh, now I see another layer of it. So when I was living in that apartment in, um, so funny, I was Fairfax um, in LA and now I'm in Fairfax in Marin. And they kind of hold the same kind of energy, but we'll leave it at that for right now. And uh, I wanted to get out of that apartment so bad and I could feel the apartment had its clutches in me. It just had its hands in me. And I was like, I have to have a conversation with this apartment to get the heck out of here. Like, it's not going to let me go. It's not going to let me leave. It likes my energy. It's feeding on me. And it, for a good part of it, you know, we probably supported each other, the apartment and I, and we did, but I had to go. So you can have a conversation with your space. So for those of you, whenever I um, work with people who are trying to sell their properties, many times when they're saying, my property isn't selling, I'm like, you need to have a conversation with that house. You need to have a conversation with that apartment that you're selling. And the way in which you have the conversation is you start, you know, you can start with, hey, I'm really grateful for you, but you got to take control. It may sound weird. You're talking to an inanimate object, but I got to tell you, it's not. Because it, it, space to me, I am so super sensitive to space, to physical locations, even in environmental, like outside um, location. I'm so sensitive. I'm going to tell you a story, but I'm going to continue on with this first. And you have to have, you have to be in control. You have to be in control of your life. You have to be in control of the, the spirits that come in. You have to be in control. So you can say to the space, hey, I'm really grateful. 
I don't think I did that with my apartment. I might have, but I took control and I was like, yo, though, you got to get your hooks out of me. And then I said to the apartment, you are going to get the greatest person in here and they are going to love you up. And I walked around all the rooms and I talked to it and I said, they're going to love this bathroom and they're going to love the sliding glass doors out into the deck. And you do that and you start um, creating the next people that are going to come in. And the apartment for me personally started letting go and I was out of there like very quickly after that. When I moved into my house in Sherman Oaks, I bought my first house. We had an agreement from day one. I said, I was like, hey, dude, I'm not gonna be here for long. I'm gonna love you up. I'm gonna take care of you. I did a whole facelift on that house. I made it gorgeous. And I loved, loved, loved that house. But that house always knew from day one that I was gonna stay around. And I actually told that house, but when I leave, we're gonna have a nice young family come in here with kids so that you could have a real opportunity to have that in their house in, in this house. And that is what bought the house after. I recently learned that they may be selling it, but that is what I heard. That is what came into the house was a pregnant woman and you know, whatever. They weren't the nicest people, so I'm not gonna talk about them. So that's one way that you can clear space is just by talking to space. So I teach people how to clear space. I'm really good at it. Oh, I was going to tell you a story. Okay. So um, Detour, I don't know if it's even out there anymore. It was an app uh, for guided tours. And I they hired me to do... Um, I did Charleston, South Carolina, Haunted Tour, and I did Georgetown. The Georgetown one didn't make it into the cut. But they flew me out to Georgetown, and they took me to the steps of this park, to a lot of places, like, I can't even remember but where they took me, but there was a lot of different places. And they took me to these steps, and they said, okay, we're going to go in here now. And I was like, I can't go in there. And they were like, why? I'm like, there's something terribly wrong in this park. I cannot go in there. I, I can't even go up those stairs. And they were like, well, it's just, you know, we're just going to go in there. And I was like, all right, but I'm telling you right now, I can't even get up these stairs. There is something so terribly wrong with this park. I don't even want to go in there. And I went in and I did my reading in the area and I can't remember exactly what came through, but they told me later on that the park was built over a cemetery, over a burial ground. So that's how sensitive I am to space. So you can only imagine when I go into physical locations for walls, I have to really like, I have to clear it or I have to make sure that it doesn't, I don't absorb it. So one of the ways that I teach to clear space, I want to teach you one of the ways is I do um, my own clearing. I don't worry about um, which direction is the right direction for me, feng shui wise. I think it's a great way to, to do it. I, I don't think that there's a problem with that, depending. The, I can't remember which feng shui it is, where it's depending on your birthday, and then you find out your right location, then you could start there. I don't do that. Intuitively, I just know which corner of the room of the house that I have to start in. So it's not only like which corner of the room, if I'm doing an entire house, I know where I have to start. I just know it. And I would suggest to you just intuitively know it, know where to go, where you're gonna clear the space. And then what I do is I usually burn sage. I'll do sage, but I've used uh, vodka and lavender. I've used sage, I've used um, bells. Um, I've used incense. So you can use any of those things, whatever feel, helps you to feel like you're clearing it out. 
And I will go around the house three times saying, I'm clearing, let me see if I can remember what I say, because I do it so like I'm in a state. You can call in archangels to do it, you know, Archangel Michael, Archangel Gabriel, Archangel Raphael. I use them all the time, love them. I love Saint Joseph. Um, I use Mary, Jesus, and Joseph quite a bit to ground my house. Um, I even use God's energy, you know, so it's whatever speaks to you. But I always say, I'm clearing out the negative stale energy and bringing in positive, clean, clear energy. I'll repeat that. I'm clearing out all the negative stale energy and bringing in positive, clean, clear energy. I'll say it one more time. I'm clearing out all the negative stale energy and bringing in positive, clean, clear energy. So I usually walk around the house and I go into closets, stuff like that, um, three times saying that. And some people believe you keep the windows closed because you get it all trapped and then you open the windows and you let it go out. It To me, it doesn't matter. I think that's a cool way of doing it, but I, and then you're inhaling all the sage and it's like, whatever, it works for you, okay. Maybe the vodka you wouldn't mind inhaling, but the sage, I don't know. I think it's fine, um, it smells nice. Then the fourth time you go around, you don't say that anymore. You just infuse whatever you want to bring into the house. Um, This house is abundant. It's beautiful. It's got romance and love and financial flow and it's comfortable and it's safe and it's it's got incredible, you can say anything you want, incredible tennis games that I play, whatever it may be. And you do that one more time. That's the four that's super important to me. So that's all I do. That's it. It's the fourth time, three times with the statement I said, and then the fourth time is just giving it everything I want. And one of the other tricks I play with too is seeing me writing on the walls, abundance, beauty, Jesus, you can write anything on the walls, but you just see it. I just visualize it. And that's infusing the house, the apartment, your office building. I used to, I used to clear corporate spaces with that energy. And, and then afterwards I'm done. You have to, I have to wash my hands for sure. I used to always have to wash my hands after every reading because my hands are so super sensitive to energy. So that is one of the ways I clear space and I give that to you. And I think you will enjoy it. One of the things I wanted to say about writing on the walls, oh, you could color the walls. So say you love, you know, not paint with your visualization. Say you feel like, like right now I'm in my office and I'm coloring it like a light pink, which just feels good. And that's just nice. I don't know why just feels good. Um, When I was selling my house in Sherman Oaks, there was a price that they, the realtor was, the first realtor was suggesting. And I was like, nah, I know I can get more. So I was writing the price in my visuals on the wall of what I wanted to get for the house. And I got close to it. And it was a lot more than what they thought I could originally get. So you can do stuff like that. Like I'm selling my house and this is what I'm going to get. And Actually, I need to raise that because what I'm seeing on the walls is not what I want for this house. I want a little more than that. But so you can do that as well. Um, So that's clearing space, right? And this is belief systems too. So belief systems are everywhere. So if you're having a difficulty clearing, um, selling a property that you want to sell, or you just want to invite in the right people, then look at your belief systems around it. Do you believe like, for me personally, If any of your realtors, please forgive me what I'm going to say. My experience with most realtors are they're very Um, fear-based. I don't know how they do their job. Not the realtor that helped me here in Marin. She was amazing. Except we did have that argument once when she was like, I don't know if you're going to find a house. And I was like, don't you ever do that to me again. But... um, 
I find that there's a lot of structure. It's like insurance, right? And they're selling within a structure, a lot of belief systems, antiquated belief systems, stuff that's out there. So if you're a realtor, you can be so magical by not getting into that stuff and going past it, going above it and being a magical, energetic realtor, right? Oh, I just saw the time. I'm going to have to go soon. And then um, it's one, one, one. I'll talk about that in a second. I'll give you guys a tidbit on that. So what I have found is a lot of them have a lot of fear. So you have to really do the work yourself and look at your belief system. And are you believing what the realtor is saying? Oh, it's not a good market. Oh, the cops in the area. Oh, whatever the story is, you've got to like knock those stories out. So that's the subconscious thinking, clearing of the thoughts, clearing of the space. One, 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 ones are all about new beginnings. I'm getting ready to teach a numbers class in membership for your soul in April. Um, And it adds a three, which is mind, body, and soul which is Trinity, which is really wholeness for me. So I just love that number. Okay. Clearing tarot cards. So um, my tarot cards really need to be cleaned. Uh, As soon as you get a tarot deck, you want to remove them from the box and you want to clear them. And for me, yes, you can shuffle them 10 times, but that's not going to clear the deck and also make the deck yours. So you want to clear it by, I usually use incense, Um, lay the cards out and uh, move the cards around with the incense. And I'm doing the same kind of thing. I'm clearing all the negative stale energy off of this deck and bringing in clean, positive, clear energy, whatever I said before, clearing all the negative stale energy and bringing in positive, clean, clear energy. So I do that with the deck and I don't do three or four times. I do it when I feel like it's cleared. So it's an intuitive thing that I know all the cards are cleared now. So I do that with incense and I clear out the cards. You can even burn sage. You know, I used to get the charcoal or the incense in the charcoal, not the sage. So the little charcoal thing on the, that shell, can't remember the name of it right now. And then you put the incense in the charcoal and you light it and it smokes. And then you just shuffle the cards and top of the smoke and you're like, I'm clearing the deck. It's like really magical and mystical and fun and for the stale energy and bring in positive, clean, clear energy. And just, you just feel it for me. I just feel it. Like I knew last week when I was doing that tarot cleaning, tarot reading, I'm like, wow, this deck needs to be cleaned. So I do that with the cards, especially new cards. You can do it with cards that you've had. I definitely need to periodically clear. There's so many ways to clear the deck, but that's my favorite way. And then you put them in a piece of cloth and they should go into a wooden box. So that is how I was taught. I don't know why. It works for me. I like it. And that's what I usually do. So with tarot decks. So that's one way of clearing the deck. Um, And it is important to clear it. And when you use tarot cards, you have a deck for yourself and a deck for other people that you read other people. You can't use the same deck. That's what I've been taught to. It feels right to me. So I'm teaching that to you. I do have an incredible course called Tarot for Your Soul um, that you can go check out on my site. So I think that's it. I feel like I had, no, I told you the cemetery story. I told you the numbers, the tarot, I told you how to clear. So I think I'm good. I think I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I can finish my coffee now. So thank you so much. If you are finding this podcast helpful, please share it on social media. By the way, huh? if you share it on social media, send us a picture of it because we'd like to see it. And we're going to start doing some really fun um, games and giveaways with that. And I'm also going to soon be putting out a um, thing where I'm going to want you to send in your questions and I'm going to do readings on your questions. So get ready for that too. But if you share it on social media, 
do share it with me because I would love to see it. You can do that info at whocanitbenowpodcast.com. And thank you so much, guys. I've been hearing from quite a few of you that you are um, listening to this. Like you some uh, can't wait for it weekly. And that just, wow, stirs my soul up in a really good way. and makes me super excited and happy and have so much more I want to share with you guys. So I'm just looking forward to um, doing this and more and more and more. All right. Have a great day or night whenever you're listening. And who can it be now? I don't know. Let's open the door and see. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.